Thank you, Brian, and the worship team for leading us uh, so far this morning in our worship. How has your week been? Did you have a good week? I thought it was an interesting week myself. Uh, there was a few interesting things happened this week. Maybe if you were watching and paying attention, uh, maybe the same things that uh, were going on in your life were going on in mine, making it kind of an interesting week. So we had, uh, if we can get our PowerPoint going here. There we go. Last Sunday, if you remember, a week ago. I don't know how many of you watched the Super Bowl. We did. <coughs> we didn't really have a team invested in this, so we cheered for the underdogs, and the underdogs won. Yay, Philadelphia. Sorry for you Patriots fans. So that was Sunday. How about Tuesday? Okay, honest here, folks. I don't know how many space geeks there are like me around. How many stopped work to watch this on Tuesday? Come on, be honest. Okay, I did too. I did too. The other people at the office, then Lydia and, and Chris phoned me so we could watch it together. Even though I was at the office, they were at home. People were probably wondering what was happening in my office. But Okay, so there's not so many. I thought there'd be more space geeks. Okay, here's Spaceman. Isn't that cool? I mean, it's, it's just, it's amazing. Okay, Thursday. Yeah, okay. Maybe some of you were getting ulcers uh, as the week progressed and you watched uh, uh, markets continue to, to tumble. Friday, the Olympics started. And so if you've been watching that, um, you know that that's been going on too. All of these things, what do these have to do with prayer? Well, you think, some of them you think, were people praying? Um, the Super Bowl... Well, if you followed after the Super Bowl, uh, we didn't know much about the Eagles, but we found out later that the, the coach and the quarterback are committed Christians. In fact, the quarterback, when he wants to be a pastor and he's doing part-time studies towards his MDiv, uh, so uh, he seems to be a committed Christian. Were they praying for that event? Probably. There are probably people at SpaceX who are Christians. I don't know how many employees they have. I think it's three or 4,000 or something. Some of them have to be Christians. Surely they were praying for the success of their launch. Thursday, we were pray, probably some of you were watching your fortunes disappear and you were praying madly for this to collapse, to stop. And uh, thinking, okay, instead of five years, retirement now looks like 15 years out uh, as we watched the markets change. The Olympics are always a big event for prayer because... People see this as an opportunity when the world comes to one location and lots of evangelical or evangelistic outreaches start to happen around the Olympics and during those times. So we know there are people praying for those things. And what about today? Is there anything special about today? Anybody thinking anything? This is just a, a little bit of a sidelight for me. This is a special day for me. I don't know how many of you rem might remember. It was actually three years ago today, strangely enough, that I was standing here before you preaching. It was on uh, the family day long weekend in 2015 when I came and preached here at BCBC for a call. So I don't know. You probably remember that event. You probably didn't remember it was exactly three years ago today. And you know, the other strange thing was it was Mike was leading uh, the worship. Do you remember that, Mike? Yes? Oh, he does. Okay, good. I, 
I was afraid you might go, no, I have no recollection of that event. <laughs> or maybe just saying that to be, uh, to be nice. But the, so, the, so even today is kind of a significant day um, for me here. And it was something that we prayed about. So how do we decide what to pray for? How do we know what to pray? Sometimes we don't even know what to pray. How do we, how, it can be very difficult for us. It can be very difficult to think about how we pray. One of the, way, one of the times I struggled uh, to pray was when I was, in the, in, when I was teaching uh, in Bible college. And I like to pray at the beginning and end the, at the end of every class just for the students in the class to be uh, helpful to the students, for them to grow in their knowledge of God and all that sort of th- good stuff. Um, but when we had exams in, in my classes, I struggled to know what to pray for for the students. Did I want to pray some prayer that sort of said, Lord, just give them all 100%, sort of a get-out-of-jail-free card, like just kind of that, that prayer. That didn't seem right. And so it took me a while, but eventually I prayed something like, may their performance in this exam be a good reflection of what they've learned and the effort they've put into this course. And I finally came up with something like that. It seemed like a reasonable thing to pray for my students, but it was, it, it was a struggle. I, di- I didn't know how to pray for them in that uh, because you didn't, it, 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 it was hard to just figure out what exactly is the right thing to say. What should I be asking for in this situation? And so there's many times in life that we come up to and we wonder how we should pray. What exactly should we pray? And so as February is our month of prayer, as it's that, a focus on that vision, it's a good time to think about prayer. And the sermons in the next couple of weeks will also be talking about prayer. So this is a month for us to take and reflect on prayer and ask some of these questions and think about some of these answers that we might come up with as we think about prayer. Hopefully we'll be uh, challenged and encouraged to spend a little more time in prayer to, to make our prayer times maybe a little bit more effective, and for us as a church as a whole, that we can be brought together and to pray uh, together. So how do we know what to pray for? In the situations I gave as the week unfolded, uh, how did we pray? Did, were we praying? Was it even something that, that even crossed our minds we should be praying about? Uh, maybe these were just events that just kind of rolled by you and you didn't even really notice and didn't pay much attention. Did you pray for the Super Bowl or the launch of the Falcon Heavy or uh, the markets or what? How, you know, are these things we should be praying for? We have all these kinds of questions. And ultimately, we come down to a question of how do I, uh, how do I know what to pray for? How can, how can I pray? What is it that I need to pray for? Sometimes it seems fairly clear and obvious to us what we pray for. I'm sick. I pray that God would help me get better. Uh, These sorts of things are fairly easy to pray for. But often, we struggle to know what to pray for. And I don't know, have you? I know I have been in those places where you you don't know what to pray. You don't know what to say to God. You don't know what to ask God. You're not even sure what's really on your heart that you want to, to bring to God. And so you end up praying some vague sort of prayer about God helping in your situation because you don't really know. And 
maybe you know in your heart of what you want, but you don't want to pray that because you're not sure that that's what God wants and you want your prayers to be aligned with God's will. Now, we might not be able to answer all those questions, but there's a couple of passages today that I want us to look at that will start to help us think about that. The first one is Romans chapter 8, verses 26 to 27. And Paul writes and he says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So this is a passage that's linking our prayers and the Holy Spirit and giving us some idea that the Holy Spirit is intimately connected to our prayer life. And so as we consider how do we pray, what do we pray for, we also need to think about what is the Spirit doing in our lives. The Holy Spirit comes into our lives and works in a mysterious and kind of way that we don't completely understand. The Holy Spirit is God. We pray to God. Uh, and so we're trying to put this all together and Paul gives us some guidance here. And he starts out Romans 8, 26-27. He says, in the same way, and the question is, in the same way as what? And that's because it's, uh, it's not this passage is not sitting there in isolation, but there's something that Paul has said before that we need to bring into this. And there's some questions about in the same way as what uh, that comes up. Uh, but Paul was just talking about uh, the hope that we have. Just before this, he was in chapter 8, in the verses just before verse 26, he was talking about the hope that we have. The hope we have for our salvation, for our redemption. We, we don't see it. We don't see that we are redeemed. There's no visible manifestation of that. Uh, and so we have to look and we say, well, it's something we hope for. There's nothing concrete that we can look at and we can say we don't get a certificate from God that's in a nice frame and it says, you are now redeemed and we can hold on to that and we can put it on our wall and look at it and say, okay, now I know I'm redeemed. We don't get anything like that. So we have this hope that we are redeemed and that's just, this, is what the, this is kind of the same thing that Paul is saying here in that same way that we have this hope that we can't really see, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Because we can't see the Spirit either. We can't uh, uh, put our arms around the Spirit. We can't lay our hands on the Spirit and say, here is the Holy Spirit. And so we have this hope for it. This is all happening in a spiritual realm that we don't really identify with, we don't really understand, especially in a, in a Western mindset, in a Western rational scientific mindset, we have our physical world and that's the extent of it. And we really don't see an interaction with the spiritual realm. And that's what we're talking about here. Other cultures around the world see that uh, connection with the spiritual realm much more clearly than we do. But, but here we are uh, and we're wondering how do we see this happen? What is happening here? But he says in that same way that you can't really see, you can't really touch, you can't put your finger on, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. 
And so we have some hope in that. That the Spirit is help is there helping us. Helping us in our weakness. Any kind of weakness that we might have. And that weakness could be anything. It could be a, a, a feebleness in our body. A weakness in our body and in our mind. It could be a moral weakness that we have. It could be just about any kind of weakness. It could be a lack of faith that he is talking about here. Where we don't really believe that God can answer our prayers. Maybe we don't even believe that God has a desire to answer our prayers. That we think that God is not actually listening to us. So we don't even bother to ask. The ask is simply too big. And we say, this is, this is impossible. And so we don't even bother to ask because this thing that we, that we want is just seems too big and it's maybe it feels even too big for God to be able to answer. And so we don't bother even to ask. And that might be our weakness that we uh, don't see that God is big enough to answer any request that we have. Sometimes our weakness might be that we have simply run to the end of our rope. We're spent. We're given out. We're exhausted physically, emotionally, or spiritually, and we can't even muster enough energy in, in these to pray. We've run out of gas in a way, and we're sitting, we can't pray. Ever been like that where life has so drained you that you can't even seem to get up enough energy and you can't even get the words out to pray? Maybe you've been with a friend for a day and the friend is going through some really hard things and you've, you're, you're drained by being there and helping your friend and then you want to pray and you, you don't even know how to pray. You don't know the words to say and you don't really have the energy. Or maybe you've spent so much time crying that you're all cried out and you've got nothing left. Then the Spirit helps us in those times of weakness. The Spirit comes alongside in a mysterious and kind of unknown way and helps us. Sometimes we just don't know what to ask for in our prayers. Maybe we've got a friend who's very sick and is suffering and the prognosis isn't good, so what do you pray for? Do you pray for God's healing? For pain to stop? For God to bring an ultimate end to this person's life? What do you pray for? I had a friend one time, we had a discussion about, uh, about this. And he was, uh, he was a, a man of great faith and of, of, of uh, great prayer. And he said, he, we were talking about this issue, and he said, you know, the Bible records people being raised from the dead. Jesus did it. Paul did it. And the Bible tells us that, that Jesus tells us that we will be even able to do even more. And this was a man, this was a person of great faith, of great prayer, and he says, I don't have the courage to pray to raise someone from the dead. Do we, is, is, is that too big a thing for God to do? No, it's not because the Bible, the Word of God, records for us that God did it. And of course, He did it for Jesus Christ. And that brings our redemption. So do we have the, that kind of faith to ask that? I, I don't know. I, sorry, I threw that out there and I don't have an answer for you. I'm sorry. But it's just to say, sometimes we don't know what to pray. And at those times, the Spirit maybe intercedes for us. It says when in our weakness, and he says in verse 26, we don't know what we ought to pray for. 
but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. So at that to- those times when we don't know what to pray, and we sit there, and we can say honestly to God, I don't know what to pray. I know I should pray, but I don't have a clue what I should be doing, what I should be praying. Then the Spirit will pray for us. The Spirit will intercede for us. And we can take hope in that and encouragement in that. I'm reminded in that of the time in Exodus chapter 17 when, uh, when they're fighting the Amalekites. This is Exodus chapter 17. And the, the story starts in verse 8. But really the verses uh, that are important are in verses 10, start in verse 10. And it says, So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, and holding up his hands is a position of supplication, of prayer. So presumably Moses was praying at this point. So Moses is there. He's holding up his hands. And he says, as long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. And so you have a picture of Moses there, praying, his hands raised. This battle's going on, he's getting tired. Aaron and Hur bring a stone, he sits down, and they hold up his arms so he can continue to pray. And I think that's kind of the image that we may have of the Spirit there. When we get tired and weary, the Spirit comes along and helps us and holds us, and holds up our hands so we can continue to pray. And so, maybe there's an allusion to that in this. It's an image of someone coming along and helping us when we're weak. Helping us to pray. And then in verse 27, Paul goes on and he says, And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit. Who is it that searches our hearts? Because it's the same One who searches our hearts that knows the mind of the Spirit. And it's interesting because it's God Himself. And we read about that in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. And the writer of Hebrews says, For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So that's talking about the Word of God. But then it says in verse 13, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him to whom we must give account. Who is it that uh, searches our hearts? It's God Himself. And God Himself is the one who knows the mind of the Spirit. This is kind of strange. One commentator says, God recognizes the voice of His own Spirit. God recognizes the voice of His own Spirit. This commentator also talks about the echo of those thoughts in the prayers offered to God. This is God in the Spirit praying to God the Father. Kind of a, and and God the Father knowing the mind of the Spirit because they are all God. This is a little bit uh, mind boggling. But a weak analogy might be uh, a couple of uh, maybe maybe twins 
Imagine twins standing on the edge of a cliff. One shouts. The other one hears the echo. And what do they hear? They hear, kind of hear the echo of their own voice. It sounds like them because they're twins, so they sound alike. So the one echoes, the other hears it. And maybe even if they're really connected, their thoughts are the same. And so the words are the same, and yet there's something different there too. It's, a, it's not a, a perfect analogy, but maybe a helpful one to thinking about how the Spirit prays, God hears, God knows, the Spirit's mind, God is the Holy Spirit. It's an interesting idea. But it's the same kind of thing where God Himself, the Holy Spirit, is praying to God the Father in accordance with the will of God the Father. Those prayers have to be powerful and effective and in line with God's will. Those must be perfect prayers. And that's the power that we have in us. That Holy Spirit praying for us. So how do I know what to pray The answer partly is the Spirit helps us to pray. When we're weak, when we can't do it on our own, when we don't know what to pray, the Spirit is there to help us to pray. The second thing, we might pray because we're concerned that we're praying selfishly or we're just praying about small and trivial things that are unimportant. How do I know my prayers are really important to God? How do I know that these are things I should be praying for? Interestingly, God, of course, knows our hearts. So we don't actually have to voice those prayers for God to know what our prayers are. And so there's no sense in in trying to filter your prayers and make sure they're in line with God's will because God already knows it. God already knows what you're you're saying. It's a good good thing to think about, though. It's a good thing to to consider what it is you want to pray about. Are your prayers self-seeking or self-gratifying? Are they coming from a place of pride or greed or revenge. We need to be careful with those kinds of prayers. Are those the kind that we want to offer up to God? Uh, prayers of, of pride and greed? Probably not. Uh, so those are, those are some concerns. But to be honest, you know, we're all going to pray some of those prayers at times. Some of those prideful prayers. Some of those prayers that are feeding into our greed feeding into our own needs and not really in line with God's will. You don't have to worry too much about that. God understands. God knows our, our hearts. We don't need to, to let the fear of praying the wrong prayer stop us from praying. We can say, no, let me just pray. I think of my friend Bob who was uh, terminally ill. And he... I saw him, uh, and uh, the last time I saw him, he he said he had re- just received a cancer diagnosis, and this was about his fourth or fifth bout of cancer. And he said, I'm probably not going to see you again. And this was uh, just before we headed off to Zambia. And I said, I just dismissed it. I said, no, Bob, I'm going to see you again. I'll be back in less than two years, and, and as soon as I'm back, I'll come and see you. And so I prayed. I prayed that God would keep him so that I could see him again. And of course, God did not answer that prayer. God took my friend Bob before I had a chance to see him again. And I realized after, I was praying not for Bob, not for his wife and his family that were watching him waste away and suffer, 
I was praying a selfish prayer because I wanted to see Bob again. And I realized that prayer was coming from a wrong heart. But I prayed it anyway because that was what was on my heart. It was an honest prayer to God. It might not have been coming from the right motives, but it was there. And so I don't think we need to worry too much about that. It is, does need to run in our minds, but not get overwhelmed by just being sure we follow that. So Paul, But Paul gives us another verse to tie into this idea, and it's our theme verse for prayer. Galatians 5.16, and he says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So if we walk by the Spirit, we won't have those uh, selfish and self-centered prayers. We won't be satisfying the desires of our flesh. We'll be there. We'll be talking about to God. We'll be walking along with the Spirit. And this verse is not specifically about prayer, but it's about all of life. But it, but it applies to prayer as well. As well as our any other part of our life, we need to be walking by the Spirit. We also need to walk by the Spirit in our prayer life. So what does it look like to walk by the Spirit? And there's a couple things I think we can consider. Uh, one is to take God's Word seriously. Psalm 119.105, very familiar passage. Your Word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. If we want to walk by the Spirit, we can walk in accordance with the Word of God. Knowing the Word of God is important to be able to walk by the Spirit. We need to make sure that we take God's Word seriously. We read it. We pay attention to it. We, we listen to it. It's the primary way that God speaks to us today. The primary way that God today directs our lives. He gives us direction through His Word. And so we need to understand that God's Word is just that. It is God's Word, God speaking to us today. Written down, preserved for us over generations. We need to pay attention to what it has to say. We need to listen. But we don't always do that. Even if we acknowledge all those things about the Word of God, we don't always listen and we don't always turn to the manual that God has given us. The Word of God for our lives the direction that He has given us in His, in his, uh, in his Word. When I was uh, first started out as director of our mission in Zambia, I had a lot of questions. The learning curve, you can imagine, was pretty steep. Even though I'd been deputy for a couple of years before that, um, the learning curve was pretty steep. And so the international personnel director was a, was a friend. And so the first time I came up with a personnel issue, I fired her off an email and said, Dorothy, I need some help here. This is the situation. What should I do? And she wrote a very nice email back. And at the bottom of the email, she said, but you know, the personnel manual has a section that describes what you should do in this situation. And she said, so why don't you go and read whatever section it was? And I said, oh, okay, great, thanks. A few weeks later on, came up with another one. I wrote to Dorothy again. And she wrote back another nice email. And she said, described what I should do. And then she said, but you know, the personnel manual has a section on that. And maybe you should check out this section where it describes what you should do in that situation. Okay, I'm a little bit dim, right? It should be getting through to me now. Why don't you check the personnel manual first? And I think that's kind of what we do with the Word of God. We, we try and figure these things out and then after a while we say, well, maybe I should see what the Bible has to say about it. Uh, 
instead we, we don't do that. Because it, it may have guidance for us. And maybe we miss out sometimes on the guidance because we think that we won't understand it. And to be sure, the Bible doesn't tell us the exact person who, we're going, who we should marry or what company to work for or what degree we should pursue in our studies. It doesn't give us that kind of thing, that kind of detail. But it does give us basic principles for living our lives. And if we follow them, then God will take that and lead us. It's, uh, it's not always easy to hear what the Word of God has to say either. As one Bible teacher used to say, don't blame me, take it up with God. It's His Word. Um, I'm just sharing it with you. And so sometimes we're going to come across things that are hard and difficult to understand and hard to apply. So walking by the Spirit then means surrendering to God who's not distant but lives in us. And Ephesians 1.13 says that we were included in Christ when we heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in Him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. We have that Spirit in us when we believe. And so we can be reassured of God's presence with us. So how do I know what to pray? The answer is simple, sort of. Let the Holy Spirit help us. Let the Word of God speak to us. And trust the Spirit that lives in us. The Holy Spirit is there to help us. That's what Paul is saying in Romans chapter 8. The Holy Spirit is a crucial part of, of praying of this conversation with God. When we go to God in prayer, the Holy Spirit is helping us. When we don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit is there to help us. So as we think about prayer over this month, we also need to think about the Spirit and letting the Spirit work in our lives. As the worship team comes, uh, and, and we sing a couple of songs. Take this time uh, to pray. Take this time to come before God. And if you don't know what to pray, listen to the Spirit. And let the Spirit lead you in prayer.